0: Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast that discusses current events, relevant topics, and emerging issues in pharmacy. I am your host, Carleen McMoore, and together with my producer, Jared McMoore, and the Australian Journal of Pharmacy, we are bringing you a podcast that draws on the opinions and expertise of pharmacists from all settings and experience levels, from those pharmacists who have already been a voice in the profession to those who have never had their voice heard before. We wanted to continue to bring you some podcasts during the coronavirus. These podcasts were pre-recorded and they're not to make light of anything that any pharmacist um, or any other healthcare professional might be experiencing during the coronavirus. I'd like to thank you for your hard work and say that you're all doing a great job and I hope that you're still enjoying the podcasts. So please listen to some pre-recorded podcasts that are new and I hope that you enjoy them. Thanks. Automation has been discussed in many different industries, including pharmacy, the positives and the negatives, where automation is currently being used, and maybe the future of automation. This is some pharmacists sharing their experiences and their thoughts on the progress of automation and where it can lead. Elise Apolloni discusses the benefits of automation, the future, and soft skills.
1: I'm very pro-automation. I don't have as much automation as I'd like yet. I am yet to have a robot, but I would like to think that's on the horizon. People are often scared of you know, automation because they think it replaces a, a person or people. I don't believe that. I believe that if I had more automation in my pharmacy, it would just increase patient contact. And we know that in the future that there will be um, more automation. There will be more and more jobs that can be done um, without actual human... Um, connection, But we also know that it will be the soft skills and it will be this face-to-face human bit that we can't actually replicate necessarily with machines or robots or whatever kind of automation you need. So we're still going to need great people and great communicators to be part of our businesses. So I think automation is a good thing it will um, hopefully reduce errors it will hopefully enhance the ability for the pharmacist or other members of the pharmacy team to engage with patients and that will lead to better health outcomes.
0: Carolyn Huxhagen discusses the apps that are available the importance of face-to-face interactions and mental health.
2: Okay automation um, certainly is an opportunity but it it can also be a threat, and for some of the reasons that Felicity just outlined, But automation enables us to actually have more um, person-to-person contact with the customer or the patient or client or whatever you want to call them, um, because it, you know, it, it from the simple um, automated dispensing machines to automation can be just minor where everything talks to each other properly. So, you know, when you dispense something, it it actually does talk and goes to the right databases and things like that. But just listening to where automation's going to go in some of the sessions today at, at PSA 18, you know, where are we going next? And um, so we've already got apps that everybody can use and coordinate and um, keep their health records and that's all good but we don't want to get to the point where there's no person-to-person contact within, with our patients as well because um, it, it's only when you start a conversation you, you start to elicit out you know the, the deeper side of it and it's got to be a conversation to actually start to find what the, what the problem is and one of the examples I would use is telehealth medicine which you know I started doing telehealth medicine probably six years ago and put in all the gadgetry in my pharmacy in a counselling room so I could take oxygen readings and blood pressure and cholesterol and then fed that to the doctor so that the doctor could talk to the patient uh, in the counselling room and the prescription would be supplied and and it works really well when you've got a shortage of doctors or you're in a rural area and that but it's still not totally personal enough for that deeper conversation that needs to happen for some patients it's it's great for people who you know after hours no access to a gp needs something for you know sick child or whatever but there's horses for courses with automation um, and that some of the gadgetry is, is really useful to help that, but there still needs to be a personal um, conversation. And use the example I did a home medicine review on a lady uh, this week who, um, 12 years ago, she had a, a severe catastrophic um, breakdown, and she has no idea why she had that breakdown. And she got her husband's very favourite car that he'd restored and uh, rammed it three times into the house and that was fairly catastrophic. Since in that 12 years she's gone through many psychiatrists and many different treatment regimes and uh, and but for the home medicine review I was asked to go and see her to talk about her adherence and why she won't take her medicines and, and that and you could just tell from the whole conversation that came when we are talking about adherence to her medicines that she still had a whole heap of unresolved anger and issue that had never been dealt with her. You know, she had never been... Um, she'd never gone to a psychologist in this time. She's been treated by various psychiatrists but never undertook the psychology the psychologist counselling. She had... Um, just closed herself down to any other interaction and was relying on medications that are not truly going to manage her medical condition. And so she's non-compliant with them because she doesn't find they work. So this has broken up the marriage and lots of other things have happened. I would never have found the background to the um, the whole problem um, and been able to have a deep conversation with the GP about what to do next if I hadn't um, had that one on one interaction with her and and spent time getting the story out of her because she was a complete block, like she wasn't interacting if I tried to do telemedicine with her where she was just sitting in front of an iPad screen, she she was just not the kind of patient that would have interacted through that kind of medicine, so there's horses for courses and you know technology is amazing and I hope soon that I'm able to do telehealth for follow-up for HMRs because to drive 600 kilometres to see someone is a huge impost, but there's there's roles for it, um, but there is still much-needed um, personal contact as well.
0: Shane Jackson discusses what automation is not and what it is, as well as a core role of pharmacists and what it means for investment and cost savings.
3: Yeah, so there's no doubt uh, automation... Um, uh, before I answer that... I think, you know, some people think that automation is synonymous with um, removing the pharmacist from their their role in the medicine supply regime, and it's absolutely not about that. It's actually about adding efficiencies into the system so that, again, we can come back to actually doing our core role around medicine safety. So automation should bring efficiency benefits from a service delivery point of view. Um, They need to be realised, I think, one, at the pharmacy level, so that you, you know, your example... Uh, around reallocation of staff is a fantastic um, uh, outcome of of automation. But it also needs to realise efficiency gains in the health system funding um, and to recognise that um, there are efficiency gains and those efficiency gains should be realised by government but then reinvested into uh, activities that ensure the quality use of medicines. So I'm a key advocate for uh, innovation, uh, but innovation shouldn't mean that you're ripping money out of the system. It's actually an opportunity to reinvest.
0: Felicity Huxhagen discusses her experiences with the Consus, need for face-to-face interactions with patients, as well as implications for rural communities.
4: Being very spoilt and my very first pharmacy had, at the time, the largest um, Consus robot in Australia, um, that was phenomenal. It streamlined our pharmacy um, to the nth degree and made us a very, very p- productive pharmacy. Um, and from there, I worked in a couple other pharmacies that had much smaller versions of this conscious dispensing robot. And it was beautiful when it worked. And when it broke, they sent out a technician that didn't speak a word of English um, and was very lovely to look at, but we had no idea what he was doing. We didn't know if he was making the machine better or worse. And then he'd just disappear. And... Um, The whole concept of, as someone put on Reddit the other day, um, having just a giant vending machine where you'd put your script in one side and you'd pull your drug out the other side and there's someone out the back um, having a smoke in case the machine broke. Um, That concept scares me a little bit and I don't think that will ever eventuate, especially in Australia, um, because as Carolyn said, there is an absolute necessity for the face-to-face To have a person in front of you asking you about your condition, your expectations, your end goal for your, um, whether it's a chronic illness or an acute illness or an injury, to have that person in front of you is completely different to talking to someone on a screen. Because for all that person on the other screen knows I'm the patient um, when I could in fact just be on there because the patient can't, be in front of a screen. I've been friends with a fair few people who I'm still friends with, thank, thankfully, um, who can't do that. They can't sit there in front of a video screen and talk. They freeze up, they freak out, they go into a full-blown panic attack. Um, and these are the people who desperately need the help but they live in an area where they those facilities simply aren't available. There is no psychologist, there is no psychiatrist, there is no um cbt or training or anything like that um but you put an ipad in front of them and they'll just look at you blankly like i'm not touching that you can't make me um and we see that as well in places like your rural and remote communities there is no internet connection out there there the best you get is that brief half hour point when the satellite goes over top and maybe you get some signal if you're lucky um, I think we need to be pushing for something more along the lines of if any, if you've ever seen those um, trucking programs where they have like your heart health, cardiac specialists that go trucking through the middle of the Simpson Desert, um, I think we should be encouraging that a little bit more and encouraging the conversations. That way someone comes out to them, it's a person, they're in front of them, they want to know your story, they want to know what's going on and they want to know how they can help and that's phenomenal. To have that in communities like that would be just absolutely next level. And to have it reliable and to have it accessible, I think that's what we should be leaning towards rather than automation. Um, Purely because I don't want to get my drugs from a robot, I want to get it from a person.
0: Sam Turner discusses forward dispensing and value to patients.
5: So um, I've been lucky enough to work in a few stores, uh, mainly as a student and then as an intern um, in Brisbane where we worked with, um, with uh, dispensing robots. So we used a forward dispense model in these pharmacies and I was able to go from the uh, traditional style of pharmacy within these stores and actually work uh, through the shop fit and the change of practice to enable um, forward dispensing. Um, as a pharmacist now, I uh, only see value uh, in my role when I'm in front of the patient and when I'm talking to them. I mean as, I mean I have my computer there and I have the information that I'm using. Um, but my value to my patients is only is, is when I am face to face with them and, and forward dispensing enables that. Um, as a profession, we need to uh, move away from the processes and towards where our skills are truly valued and if someone's worried about their job being taken over by a robot because they're not doing anything that is not able to be taken over by a robot then they probably should be worried because they really need to be out there doing things like like um you know their their services they're talking in front of that they're providing that care um so, I, I see it as a genuine way to, in, in that, it's an enabler for me, uh, technology and, um, and automation to um, enable my skills and utilise my skills in a better capacity. I mean, we're all in those situations even still where one of our dispense techs is sick, and so we've got to dispense scripts for half a day. And sometimes I just sit there and I'm just, I'm just saying, you know what? All of these customers that I want to be going and handing these scripts out, uh, you know, I, I want to be talking to them about things, and, and you know, you find there's instances where you, you know it's not ideal. So having 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 those systems there uh, definitely is a, is an enabler for me, um, and 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 I love that patient contact. So my my current pharmacy that I'm working in now isn't the same. Um, it 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 does still have that traditional model but what we are unable to do what we are able to do in our pharmacy is have two pharmacists in a in a medium to high volume store so um we almost always have the ability for the pharmacist to be on the counter um or to be checking and handing out those scripts themselves whilst we have the technicians uh, dispensing um sorry to any technician that's listening to the podcast but in all honesty that's the only risk in automation is is potentially the staff that are doing those process driven tasks but they're they're already doing those tasks to enable the um to enable the um uh the the pharmacist to do what they need to do and so um we're very uh, forward with regard to our service and it's why people come back to us in, in Harvey Bay because um, they see that we're doing it differently up there to what, what other pharmacies may do. And, um, and, and patients come in sometimes and they are surprised that three times in a row they've spoken to me every time they've been in the store. And that's my focus is ensuring that they do have that opportunity every time they come in the store may not be every time, but you know, they'd have the opportunity if they need to uh, that they can speak to a pharmacist. And, and those pharmacies that are doing that well um, uh, are able to justify their, their high pharmacist numbers by ensuring that they're providing that value and, um, and utilising that time that they've got to do their services and things that they can charge for and make it a viable business.
0: Michael Troy discusses the benefits of maintaining stock, potentially losing, replacing a person's role.
6: I'm looking at doing a shop fit in my pharmacy and looking at some of the products that they've got here in terms of dispensing robots um, because less time that I have to spend or less time that my staff have to spend uh, putting things off shelves is more time that then can be focused back on the customer. Um, but I think there is still there is a point. there is a very clear line in the sand um, where pharmacists should not be made redundant by, well, uh, as Minister Hunt said, um, vending machines because you still need that human element. Um, people, people go to the pharmacy to see a pharmacist. Um, so there, yeah, there's a line in the sand where technolo- technology um, can will improve our time abilities, um, to provide what we're actually there to do. Um, but beyond that, uh, it shouldn't be eliminating us, pharmacists, because um, that's, that's our job. That's what we're there to do. Um, you know, it's, it's quite easy to put a label onto a box, but to do all the other, the whole picture... Um, I don't think... I mean, technology is definitely not at that point at the moment that it can summarise the whole picture the way that we do. You know, you see these bits and pieces, um, the whole picture that we do. Um, technology can't do that. It can't replace us. Um, it can assist us, make our job easier, more streamlined, which should be then being, at time and energy, should then be being fed back into your patients, your customers, um, to... You know, make greater impacts on their healthcare. About 150 DAAs. Um, and no nursing homes, it's it's just purely community. Um, I looked at some of those and you know, if we were somehow going to expand our DAA provision um, and we're you know doing three hundred a week, absolutely. Um, currently I've got just less than, the, you know, just slightly less than a full time equivalent workload doing my current packing. Um, if 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 we were to increase I'd consider something to automate that Um, but again i said before in terms of automation that's losing someone's job um, making that person redundant Um, I don't have that position then to keep her on the floor there's not enough work on the floor to have another person as a front of shop assistant so you know what's that going to do in a small community town where jobs are at a premium anyway Um, so I yeah not, not going down that line just yet. Um, no, I, that was something I did instigate was I did put in the meds process change it over to the meds pro system as well, rather than go, oh everyone's got their their bag or their basket and in, from a from a business standpoint, you just eliminate so much excess stock, you know. Everyone's on Panadol osteo, so you've got hundred clients, that's two hundred boxes of Panadol osteo. Well no, not anymore, it's not PBS listed, osteomole. Um, across you, you, your Webster crew, um, now you've got five boxes um, and then just times that by every other medication that most people are on, you know, your you're statins, your um, sporactins, your frusamide, and in terms of stock on hand, it just drops it down it drastically. Yeah. Mm.
0: Graham Smith discusses the opportunity and discusses accredited technicians.
7: Opportunity. Must be seen as an opportunity. there are too many people, and I have to put my hand up myself here. There are too many pharmacists who still spend too much time doing counting and pouring and licking and sticking. Um, in New Zealand, we're trying to move away from that now with, with the advancement of accredited checking technicians. So with accredited technician accredited checking technicians and automations, that should leave the pharmacists free to do the two things that they really should be doing with prescription, which is a clinical check and the patient counselling, and automation can definitely help with that.
0: Jacinta Johnson also discusses clinical technicians and efficiency of processes.
8: We're starting to see automation at a local level in the Southern Adelaide Local Health Network. We're getting our own robot shortly, Uh, and in the central network, we've already got a fancy new robot at the Royal Adelaide Hospital. And we have seen a change in the scope, particularly for the technicians. Uh, So the technicians now are moving from dispensary-based roles up into the wards where they'll be filling the automated dispensing cabinets. But once they're up on the wards, uh, we're now hoping to train them so that they can assist with some of the clinical duties that pharmacists um, complete on the wards. And we do have technicians working in similar roles to that uh, down at Flinders Medical Centre as well. And the pharmacists working with those clinical techs find that um, the techs are able to save them a huge amount of time and it allows them to prioritise their workload and have a greater input to the really complex cases and really help around that decision making um, because they've got the technicians there to help with the logistical side of um, facilitating medication management on the ward.
0: Kay Dunkley talks about the potential future for automation but how it's important to still maintain skills despite these progresses. The importance of human contact in making individual clinical decisions and in
7: counselling. I'd see automation as ultimately a good thing for pharmacy. I think that some of the tasks that we currently undertake are very easily Um, undertaken by a robot or a machine and I was speaking just yesterday to some intern pharmacists and I actually said to them look in the future you won't be sitting in the dispensary you'll be out the front you'll be using a robot to dispense and um, you'll actually have increased interaction with the patients because of that but I think more broadly I mean the um, increase in I suppose using uh, electronic Means of communication will really change and it will ultimately increase safety in healthcare once we get it right. We have a bit of work to do to get it right, and as with anything, rubbish in, rubbish out. So, you know, we really need to build on some of the skills. we still need to, you know, maintain our knowledge and skills and understand what's going on because if we become totally reliant on a machine to um, undertake dispensing, then when that machine isn't working, we won't know what to do. So I do think we still need to understand the processes and of dispensing and understand, you know, what's involved, but ultimately some of those tasks can more easily be undertaken by a robot. And I think that um, it's really important that we make sure that other people actually understand this as well because otherwise they see that as taking over our role. But in fact, the human contact aspect of our role is going to be really critical because we'll still need to make ethical and legal and clinical decisions around care and a machine cannot take... Do that on an individualised basis. I think that it's really important that human contact um, for good mental health, people need to be connected to other people, and I think it's really important that role that pharmacists play in this area. So, you know, having that human contact, being able to listen to people and explain medication and help them work out how to fit that into their lifestyle is really important and I don't see a machine as being able to do that at this stage and certainly communication and uh, around and you know the impact of that on medication reconciliation is essential I'm very disappointed with the negative attitudes that are coming out towards my health record because I see it as really important. I agree we have to try and get the um, process right, but we have to start somewhere. And I think you know, starting off um, with my health record and seeing the value that that has at the point of transitions of care is um, is so important to the future and in terms of. Of healthcare, and I suppose that's why I see a more generic healthcare professional because as electronic communication and also robotics take over some of the day to day tasks, the communication tasks will become more important. And yes, we'll still need specialized knowledge, but with electronics, that will be more readily available. But you still need that interface between a human being and you know as a human being with with someone so a health professional with a with a patient so that's where i see automation going
0: we hope you have enjoyed this episode of the ajp podcast if you have any comments questions or suggestions about this episode please visit the ajp forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please send an email to ajppodcast at appco.com.au or follow us on Twitter at AJPPodcast.